This is the Patrick Henningsen Show on TNT Radio. All right, all right. So, you know, before the break, we were talking about Musk. He's gate-crashed. He's gate-crashed Silicon Valley in a big, big way. What's that going to mean? Well, I'm a bit selfish about these things. I've got... I've. I've actually got a conflict of interest on this story. I admit I'm going to disclose my conflict of interest. I want Elon Musk to unlock and reinstate me at Twitter at 21 wire uh, uh, banned for life by Jack Dorsey and his woke mob. Why? Uh, For printing, asking questions and printing articles and putting links up about provocative things regarding COVID and the experimental jabs. And for that, I got uh, thrown uh, into Twitter jail and eventually excommunicated from the platform altogether uh, under under the guise of medical misinformation. So, yeah, I'm selfish. I've got a conflict of interest. Elon, you got to reinstate us real citizen journalists. I know you love citizen journalists and you respect the work they're doing. Twitter can be a great platform. So you got to reinstate me and everybody else who got chucked off the platform, including Naomi Wolf, uh, David Thunder, and the list goes on and on. Joseph Smalley and the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, Somebody who hasn't been kicked off Twitter is uh, joining us on the line right now. Uh, He is our our roving correspondent for culture, sport, the royal family, uh, the British parliamentary system, uh, and just everything in the universe right now. Basil Valentine. (laughs) Basil. Basil. Uh, So, you know, I'm in America right now. I know what, what I wanted to just, you know, see if there's any headlines that we need to trawl through uh, before we sort of sink our teeth in some of these big issues. But um, where are you at right now this morning? Uh, good morning, Patrick. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy tweeting these days. I was quite late to the party, as you may remember. I've only been on there, been on it for a couple of years. But uh, because of my retweeting, I think I've, I've, I've tweeted something like 25,000 times now. That's not bad. Yeah, at says underscore Basil, at says underscore Basil. So feel free to follow me and have a look. Uh, I've tweeted this morning about something that just struck me as being self-evidently true and in a way almost the deciphering um, of uh, what people regard as a thorny question. Uh, And that is the... uh, gender status of our very own Eddie Izzard. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, and, of course, Sir Keir Starmer was put on the spot uh, earlier this week on LBC about whether Eddie should be admitted to all-woman shortlists. Um, <laughs> I love for it. For parliamentary representation. Should he be, uh, because he wants to go into politics now, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he, he is in politics. He, he's been wanting to be in politics for a long time, actually. That's right. I mean, in fact, I rubbed shoulders with him at the Labour Party conference here in Brighton a few years ago. Oh, easy now. Easy now. That sounds a bit racy. Um, at that point, he was dressed sort of largely as a man, but wearing kitten heels and <laughs> lipstick. But he's gone sort of further into the whole feminization thing uh, over the last few years. And I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever but uh, and here's the but it's when uh, people like Eddie start claiming that they are actually women 
that I have a problem. And it struck me last night, this morning, that what Eddie is, particularly after his confession on Joe Rogan, that he has boy-girl and boy-mode and girl-mode. And he does some things in boy-mode, like acting in films, and some things in girl-mode, like being in politics. For some reason, he likes to be in girl-mode for politics. Okay? Fair <laughs> enough. And he switches between the two. Joe says, oh, well, you know, how do you do that? He says, I just switch between the two. Boy-mode, girl-mode. Girl-mode, boy-mode. You know, depending on how he feels that day. I'm fine with that. I really am, Patrick. I can't emphasize that enough. But what Eddie is, is now I don't know many listeners remember the great days of, uh, of uh, late 20th century entertainment and uh, a, a TV personality, the highest paid in Britain at the time, so we were regularly told, Danny LaRue. <laughs> Does the name mean anything to you, Danny LaRue? I'm thinking, is what's that, Dame, Dame Edna? No, similar. I mean, Dame Edna, a.k.a. Barry Humphreys, is another good example. Um, what these men, but Barry Humphreys is still well. There's Danny LaRue, originally Irish, um, came to these shores after the war, became hugely successful, like Barry Humphreys and his Dame Edna, as a female impersonator. And that was how they described themselves and how they were described by newspapers, magazines, television, everybody, society as a whole. Never ever uh, did Danny LaRue, who also appeared out of drag, also appeared as a man, of course. Uh, he was gay. Uh, Barry Humphreys, I don't think he's gay. He's been married several times, but he's also a female impersonator. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with one's uh, sexual preference in terms of uh, men or women. Um, and uh, both were entertainers acknowledged for their excellence as female impersonators. What is the difference between that and Eddie Izzard and his girl mode, boy mode? Answer, none, none. Eddie Izzard likes to impersonate a woman from time to time. That's fine. That's great. That's his free will choice. But when uh, the TG transgender lobby now starts saying that we have to recognize anybody who puts on a dress and lipstick as a woman, uh, we've got a serious problem. And, um, you know, most women realize we have a serious problem. Um, and it seems that uh, female impersonation a.k.a. transvestism, has been expunged from the societal lexicon, as it were. You know, there's no such thing as a good old-fashioned bloke in a dress getting in touch with his feminine side and, you know, all the rest of it, spending uh, some or a good deal of their time impersonating dressing as whatever, the opposite sex, it seems now as soon as though anyone from a toddler upwards expresses any interest whatsoever in um, experiencing life as the sex, the, the gender that they were not born with, suddenly they must be respected as a fully-fledged member of that sex, which is obvious nonsense. 
it's kind of the formalization of of what is essentially a fetish, uh, arguably yes. a, lo- a long term fetish for some people. But uh, you know, the term transvestite or tranny. I mean, that's that used to be a term of endearment. We all love trannies. We love transvestites. We see them on TV. Right. They're in comedy. Danny Larue, Dame Edna, whatever. Um, Eddie Izzard love trannies. Trannies are great. If they rock up in a club or a bar, you see a tranny, you say, hey, you know, buy them a drink, ha- have a laugh, right? It's it's all good fun. Um, but if they say, no, 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 I'm I'm a woman. I'm a woman. And in the, you go into the House of Commons and you go into the women's cloakroom, the ladies' cloakroom, sorry, the ladies' cloakroom, and there's uh, Eddie the Lizard. So the question is, no. Absolutely. It's not what Eddie it, what is Eddie? Is it? It's which Eddie is Ard? Which Eddie is Ard? The male Eddie is Ard, or the female exactly. Eddie? Is, so exactly. he's, is he allowed to oscillate between the two at will? Well, I mean, obviously he's free to oscillate between the two, but it's this uh, sort of draconian imposition that uh, we have to accept him uh, as a woman. There was a university labor organization. Uh, tweeted out this week condemning Rosie Duffield MP, I don't know if you know her, who is very hot on women's rights and uh, said that she does not, you know, regards Eddie Izzard as a man and would always regard him as a man and all the rest of it. And this university labor organization was condemning Rosie for her repeated transphobia and calling on Keir Starmer to withdraw the whip from her because uh, <laughs> she refused to recognize that Eddie Izzard is a man. Is a woman, sorry. <laughs> refused to recognize Eddie Izzard is a woman and therefore she had to be punished. Um, and indeed, this is coming down the pipeline as uh, Labour Party policy, certainly internally. Uh, and I think they'd like to do it generally that misgendering somebody will become a criminal offense. God, and, the, and then the, the chief whip just becomes a dominatrix at that point, right? I mean, uh, they're they're sort of caught in their own. I don't mean to evoke any images there. Imagine Eddie, at Miss Eddie Izzard as the chief whip in PVC <laughs> in a gimp suit or please, whatever. I don't know. Please, Patrick, <laughs> I haven't had my lunch yet. <laughs> But it's just getting crazy. So it's like, is the chief whip going to enforce pronouns? I mean, it, or the the speaker? Is the speaker going to have to, like, uh, right honorable Lady Izzard, uh, you've missed, you know, addressed. Can you can you please address Lady Izzard to, with her correct pronouns? Is, is that what the speaker is going to do? Ms. Izzard or something. And I don't know that Eddie has a femme name, as far as I know, it, that uh, even in female mode is still happy to be called Eddie. I mean, there are there are women called Eddie as a nickname, so, you know, why not? But um, I, I, the, the, the way I see it, Patrick, is uh, there would be some merit to uh, demands for Eddie to be recognized as a woman if, and only if, he, she has gone through full gender reassignment, including surgery, meat and two veg removed, you know. Meat and two veg. (laughs) Off, thank you. Away with that. And, you know, a fake vagina created or whatever. Several years on female hormones. 
you know, breast implants, da 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 da, so that there's really, other than the myriad ways in which, of course, men and women have different chromosomes, different body shapes, different muscle mass, all the rest of it, you know, parking that up on one side at the moment, after full gender reassignment surgery, there would be a case for saying this is a woman. But not just when he feels like putting a dress on. I mean, that's just, it's just nonsense. Haven't haven't labor, like, have they not been snared in their own woke trap here? Because, you know, these are all like great ideas in in the world of postmodern projectionism. But like when it actually, you have to like formalize this in government and like literally uh, rewrite protocols at a government level to accommodate this sort of craziness. I mean, especially the oscillating one, you know, he might change his mind, might want to be a man for like six months or something. And then it's the right honorable Sir Eddie Izzard and not lady. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to get, or she's going to get knighted. What happens if there's a knighthood on offer? That's going to be a bit problematic, isn't it? Yeah, that would be problematic because it would, it would, uh, he would have to be made a dame. Dame (laughs) is... Dame Eddie Izzard, or and you're right. Should elevation to the House of Lords ever be an issue? Would it be as as Lord Izzard or Lady Izzard? So anyway. Oh my gosh! Think of these. As things. I say, I don't have any. I saw him, you know, live doing a comedy show before he was famous, about over thirty years ago. You know, and very funny he was too. You know. Was he funny? Um, so I, I don't have any. I don't have any problem with the guy. Um, I don't know whether he is lobbying to be included on all female parliamentary shortlists or whether he is attempting to claim that he is in fact a woman or whether or not this is being projected on him by the ultra woke. <laughs> so so we're, we're already forecasting the potential for, you know, a House of Lords appointment, right? So peerage. So that, we're so far ahead of the curve on this, Basil. I mean, we're way out in front on this, <laughs> right? So our analysis, we're already ahead 10 years on this. So, I mean, they should ask us what our opinion is and how to proceed forward on this because clearly we've thought it out a lot more than everybody else. So I just want to point that out just to show the value of this program. <laughs> <laughs> it's a first-class analysis, ladies and gentlemen. We're way ahead. So, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. You know, uh, I, I don't think it's sustainable. That's the thing. I think, uh, you, you know, you can, ha- it's too much of an infringement on genuine women's rights you know, to allow sort of anybody who just puts on a dress and some lipstick and dons a pair of high heels to say, hey, I'm a woman too, you know. And it's going to be kind of, imagine if he gets in and he's at that, he's got a frock on, fishnet stockings, high heels, comes in swinging the handbag, lipstick and all, sits down, does his, does his act on the, on, on the commons floor. And then like he's outperforming as a man, uh, you know, like later that week. Or he's doing some TV That's special right. and his thing, and it just make it turns it into the real clown world circus. Absolutely, that everybody yeah. is already thinking that it is. That's right. Gosh, exactly right. Imagine yeah, that. imagine that. Crazy. But Starmer's going to have his work cut out now to uh, 
to get his majority in the House of Commons with or without Eddie Izzard as a parliamentary candidate because it seems like Sunak has been a big fillet for the Tories. I mean, it's very, very early days, obviously. Um, and the big question is, will Sunak hold on to the so-called red wall seats in the north of England and the Midlands? Somehow I don't think so. <laughs> but but you never know. Stranger things have happened, right? Absolutely. He's got two years, you know, to uh, turn around the economy. We shall see. Uh, the rumours are, of course, that uh, he's going to force us to abandon cash in favour of a digital currency mm. sooner rather than later. Well, there's a family affiliations with the World Economic Forum, right? I mean, he's a, he's on their website. Have you seen it? He's, he's there. He's with Klaus. Yes. I mean, a lot of people have appeared on their website because they might have been invited to one event or something. Sure, doesn't sure. doesn't necessarily mean that they're, of course. You, know, you know, fully in with him. But Sunak is certainly much more of a globalist uh, than his two immediate predecessors. Uh, he's, he's already tweeted out this morning that he had a good chat with our old friend Ursula von der Leyen. Oh, her. Oh, my goodness. The helmet. Darth Helmet in Brussels. Ursula. And uh, they talked about the economy and climate change, apparently. <laughs> of course. So the pro- And have a lot in common. The pro- he's a, his father-in-law is the Bill Gates of India, Infosys. Okay? That's right. And that's, that's where his other half uh, garners most of her uh, paper wealth. Uh, in terms of shareholdings and whatnot, so they're they're deep involved with the World Economic Forum on big data and the sort of you know smart smart grids and all of this stuff. Um, Infosys That's is right. right in there. So there's Sunak family connection with the W. So actually, it's a deeper it's a deeper Schwabian link than just being a young leader or something like that. Uh, or that's right that a lot of people uh, should be wary this is a goldman sachs guy who basically right. was has been in, in, installed in into power hasn't he 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 hasn't been elected to anything not even by the party membership right no i mean not even strictly speaking by the members of the conservative parliamentary party right his was a coronation whereby you know, the other two candidates simply melted away. So what he has got in common with von der Leyen is nobody ever voted for him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think she's going to win a contract for a big hairspray contract when she uh, <clears throat> finally leaves. Spare well, us. There are, MEP, there are MEPs, of course, the sort of the European Parliament being the uh, sort of sop to democracy, the sort of... Oh, look, we're democratic, really. We have a parliament, but it's just a talking shop, really. As we know, all the power lies with the commission and, and the uh, unelected officials of the commission, of which von der Leyen is currently head honcho. I mean, my goodness, she makes Jacques Delors look like a saint. I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> so, I know, Her- Herman, Herman Van Rompuy. <laughs> Like she's, she's a real authoritarian. She's, she's the the, consummate globalist actor, consummate. Oh yeah. Uh, But there are MEPs saying that she has to resign because of her um, shepherding through the Pfizer vaccine deal, Mm -hmm. right? Where she has a conflict of interest 
billions and billions of European euros spent on millions and millions of doses of that dangerous garbage. That dangerous garbage that the CDC is trying to put on the uh, children's uh, vaccine schedule. I think they've been successful. Some of the states have pushed back on this, which is interesting. Um, certainly Florida, te- Texas has pushed back hard on this uh, recently. Um, so this is interesting little state versus federal battle going on. This is one of the good things about the United States government system. We'll shift over and talk about the U.S. elections coming up. You might have some thoughts and reflections on that. Basil Valentine's joining us here, and we'll come back after these messages with TNT, today's news talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. The midterms and America votes on November 8th. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Apparently fearful that the left's hegemonic control of almost all social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is somehow threatened by the development of alternative platforms like CloudHub, Getter, and Truth Social. A group of leftists have started a new social media platform called Tribal that allegedly doesn't censor. In fact, they even said, we don't censor any posts. Our algorithms simply filter out fake news, bigotry, and hostility. No, that's not censorship at all. If you want to trend on our network, your posts must be factual and free of bigotry. Well, Libs of TikTok, which is permanently banned from Twitter, simply posted men cannot get pregnant. And in 20 minutes, they've been banned off of Tribal. Nothing changes but the names, folks. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative, this is Viewpoint. The Caesar Rodney Election Research Institute, CREI's, investigation of the U.S. 2020 election found that Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's spending increased Biden's vote by a total of about 200,000 votes in Texas alone. Though the difference wasn't enough to flip the state blue last year, grant money from the Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, CTL, and CEIR may have pushed Biden over the top in other swing states. The preliminary results in Georgia and Wisconsin suggested a similar impact on Biden's vote margin from CTCL spending, and spending in those states was likely large enough and targeted enough to have shifted them into Biden's column. Joe Biden was certified the winner of the Georgia presidential election by just 11,000 votes and of Wisconsin's election by around 20,000 votes. This is the Patrick Henningsen Show on TNT Radio. I've got my uh, trusted analyst and sidekick here trying to make sense of the world, putting the world to rights. Basil Valentine is joining us here uh, during this segment, the final segment of the first hour. And so, you know, Basil, the U.S. midterms are in full swing and it's turning into an absolute bomb fight, basically. I mean, it hasn't the voting hasn't even well early voting started the lawsuits are, are already pouring in i mean I, you can't believe it so legal challenges like there's a hundred lawsuits that are already in the pipeline and they they range everything from uh let's say over over mail-in voting uh early voting voter access voting machines voter registration 
the counting of mismarked absentee ballots, access for partisan poll watchers, sending out the wrong type of ballots, like what happened here in Arizona with the Secretary of State, who is in charge of the elections, but is running for governor and sent out the wrong ballots to 6,000 people. I mean, all sorts of problems. And to top it off, Basil, I don't know if you saw this or not, Pennsylvania's Secretary of State has announced that there's going to be problems with the vote counting. They're, they're sort of putting this flare out in advance. And this is a really crucial uh, election, especially in the Senate, U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania. And the Secretary of State's in charge of the elections there, arguably a Democrat, says, oh, there's going to be problems with the vote counting. When is this vote counting problem ever been an issue. I mean, why is this a problem? How did we make it this far uh, in history? And all of a sudden, in the 21st century, uh, with all of the knowledge and experience and and history and time to observe and reflect on past systems and mistakes and successes, we can't. We so, somehow vote counting has become a problem and must be delayed for a week. Uh, I don't get it, and it does raise a lot of legitimate red flags now looking back at the 2020 elections that there was just widespread systemic election fraud going on and there's as we heard over the break there investigations have been done to conclude a little a little mosaic a piece of the mosaic of that the zuckerberg uh funding for quote election support uh has 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 netted a, a, a massive bounce, and not just for the president, Joe Biden, in 2020, but think about the congressional seats. Think about the Senate seats. Think about the down-ballot seats. It had an effect on those as well. Is that not the meddling in the elections that they're, uh, Hillary Clinton and others accused the Russians of doing for years and years uh, from 2016 forward? That's actual election meddling. But I don't see any indictments. I don't see anybody. I don't see any hearings. Nobody's been arrested. It's just like, oh, that's okay. Uh, that's fine. That that kind of meddling's okay. So this is where we're at, Basil. What are your thoughts on this circus? Well, there's a huge amount at stake. First of all, I mean, often back in the day, U.S. midterms passed off almost entirely without incident. You know, with low voter turnouts and nobody really paying much attention. But boy, there's a lot at stake this time. I mean, if Republicans get hold of the House and Senate, there's every chance they will move to impeach Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and possibly Mayorkas, the uh, head of the so-called Department of Homeland Security as well. Um, And the uh, FBI will be dissected, shall we say. The FBI's in for some major surgery mm-hmm. if Republicans get hold of uh, both houses. Um, you know, there's a real war for the soul of America going on with completely incompatible world views. I mean, sure, you've got a few sort of dunder-headed old fuddy-duddies like Mitch McConnell uh, standing in the middle, but the the uh, thrust of the Republican Party, what's getting people motivated, are MAGA Republicans like Carrie Lake um, in Arizona. Latest polls show her starting to surge ahead of uh, her opponent, the Democrat Hobbs, 
Um, Fox 10 poll has her 11 points ahead. Mm. And a data for progress poll has her four points ahead. Uh, interestingly, the Senate race in the same state, your state, is tied there. Wow, that's um, that's surprising. So there's so much at stake. And uh, both Republicans and Democrats in the past have been guilty of uh, rigging ballots in their favor one way or another. I mean, it, it isn't something traditionally that Americans like to talk about in polite society, as our old friend uh, Mark Crispin Miller pointed out. He wrote the definitive book on the theft of the 2004 election. Mm, yes, the John Kerry versus yes, Bush versus the younger. Versus Bush, yeah. Bush the younger, yeah. Um, and uh, if you do a bit of digging around, that you know, American elections have been rigged right down to the county level for decades. Centuries. It, it's only recently with the very obvious theft of the 2020 election and then attempts to criminalize anybody who says it was stolen, although as Tucker, amongst others, has pointed out over the last couple of weeks, the the uh, sudden creation of this uh, offense, this thought crime, election denial, right? You are an election denier. <laughs> if you don't believe, if you don't believe that Joe Biden got 15 million more votes than the rock star Barack Obama, right? Oh my goodness! And you, you think you've got to believe that Biden, you couldn't get 10 people to turn up to a rally in the run-up to November 2020, somehow polled more votes than any other presidential candidate in history. <laughs> you don't believe that? You're a denier. Uh, so, you know, that was all rigged. Is it all going to be rigged again? Well, quite possibly. There's so much at stake. And you'll have the principal networks other than Fox, you know, MSNBC and CNN cheerleading the way for anybody who questions the outcome of any election next month as being uh, anti-democracy. You had the absurd situation of that awful Max Boot man, whoever he is, um, saying that, uh, oh, it looks terrible. Republicans are going to win seats in the, in, in the Congress and in the Senate. And this is how democracies die, right? So in other words, you know, people don't vote the right way. That's the death of democracy in his eyes. You know, isn't democracy supposed to be all about voting? You know, isn't it all supposed to be about respecting the uh, the wishes of the electorate? So, you know, expect a very, very dirty night. I know that there are 6,000 Republican election observers positioned around the country at the counts this time, as opposed to 200 in 2020. So, yes, so, uh, yes. And what do you think? That's a good thing, isn't it? I, that, oh yeah, absolutely. That's a good thing because, like, the and the legal challenges are much better organized. Uh, they're they're better funded, and there's they're get, they've got the support of the Republican National Committee, pretty much across the board, uh, and other sort of you know very very strong uh, campaigns are putting together for these. So what that tells me is that the Republicans have realized this is an existential issue now. And 
they have to do all they can. If they don't do all they can to make sure there's transparent, free, and fair elections, uh, the stakes are just incredibly high. Look at the economy right now. We're on the brink of nuclear war with Russia. You've got this arguably somebody in, with cognitive impairment in the White House. And and you can trace it all back to 2020, Basil. And so this is this is a problem, and I think that people are taking it seriously. Even the people that don't want to come out and say openly that they think that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen, uh, they're, they're supporting these efforts. I think that's a positive thing. My attitude's always been the same. It's a free country. There's a First Amendment. If you want to challenge an election, go rally your troops, raise that money, and go ahead and do it. Because if there's nothing to see there, then there's nothing to worry about if you're on the other side. So go for it. The more, the better. The more confidence people have in the elect- electoral systems, that's a good thing, especially in a country like America. If there's no confidence in elections, which is currently the case, and has been for, as you pointed out, Basil, for a very, very long time. Carrie Lake pointed this out when she gave her uh, speech, one of her, her, her stump speeches recently. She says, people have distrusted the electoral processes in this country for a very long time. Mm. 2020 was the culmination of it. And already you're seeing these 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 grifters in Pennsylvania already announcing, oh, we're, we, we don't know if we're going to be able to count the votes on time this year. It's like we're 10 days out. What are they talking about? Sort it out. Unbelievable. Totally unacceptable. And, and then they're calling us election deniers if we're cynical and suspicious. I'm sorry, but the onus is on these clowns to get their act together. And, and I'm going to say dump the, we have to dump the electronic voting at some point. That's okay for third world countries. The CIA imported and installed all of these systems, by the way, with U.S. corporations and some of their European subsidiaries uh, right across Central America, South America, Basel, in the 1990s, before we had it in the free West. We had already road tested all of these, uh, quote, election technologies um, in some of the most corrupt countries in the world. Okay, a lot of people don't know that. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. So these corporations have decided election results in South America for a very long time, for a very long time. And now we have the third world systems now because for some reason, Basil, after 2000, counting votes was just too much. It's too much of a problem. We need to, we need to relinquish this burden from the, uh, the electorate and, and let the corporations bring in the computers and they'll do it properly. We need to trust them. Absolutely. You know, it's totally opaque systems. So I don't know where to start on this, but it really, it, to me, it just beggars belief. People don't see the fundamental problem here in, in, in the, all this computerized so-called electronic voting. Imagine if it was internet voting. How easily riggable is that internet voting? I'm just like, forget it. You know, blockchain voting. Okay, fine. That's <laughs> like, come on. Anyway. Crazy, absolute craziness. Did you see the? Uh, what do you think about the John Fetterman situation, Basil? Have you had a chance? Well, to the look Senate at that? seat in Pennsylvania could decide the fate of the Senate, so that's why it's such a, um, you know, microscope 
uh, on it. And Fetterman had this disastrous debate performance. He's recovering from a stroke. Okay, fair enough. But um, he was, uh, you know, his, <laughs> his very first remarks were "Good evening, good night." You know, he said "Good night" to everybody right at the start. You know. Yeah. Hello. Good night. <laughs> and, and then. Uh, you know, when asked about fracking and how he'd flip-flopped on the issue, he stumbled appallingly badly. I mean, he he really is in a in you know not in a good way at all. And that prompted people saying, or who, who were saying, "Well, look, I don't think this bloke's up to serving in the Senate." They were accused of ableism. <laughs> I know. Can you believe? What do you think about? Is it's just crazy, isn't it? What do you think about? How, how do you? How do you explain and describe that this situation, Basil? The farce of it. Can you can you put it into words? Desperation is the word. Absolute desperation. As I say, there's more at stake in these midterms than any I, I can think of, or any in history. And uh, Democrats, in particular. Uh, it's an, it was, talk about it being an existential threat for the Republican Party. It's also an existential threat for this, uh, you know, for the insane uh, turbocharged lunacy that we're seeing from Democrats. If if the Republicans get hold of the House, control of the House and the Senate, that makes the already significantly senile Biden the lamest of lame ducks for the last two years of his presidency because he won't be able to get anything through and, uh, you know, we'll be back to that Washington gridlock that uh, everybody's complained about for decades. But, um, you know, we're still off that. Strangely, believe it or not, a USA Today poll uh, of the next general election, should it be Trump v. Biden, has Biden up by four points. I mean, I find that absolutely extraordinary particularly when his job approval uh, with the same pollers is a 44 approve and 53 disapprove. So, you know, that would normally see him absolutely trounced. Likewise, direction of the country, wrong track, 66, right track, 24. 24. So, so, you know, how Biden can then outscore Trump uh, in a head-to-head in a general election is beyond me, but that's the... Perhaps that's the the uh, showing the effects of the years of relentless uh, Trump demonization. You know the raids on Marel Lago and the uh, attempt by MSNBC and their ilk to reclassify him as little more than a common criminal. Mm, mm. Well, that's that's where things are at. I mean, I'll go. To, I, um, there's a lot more to say about this whole situation. And as you pointed out, the, the, the whole Fetterman Farrago is really indicative of the sort of the wider, uh, what, what, what's being, what's it being, ex, we're, we're meant to accept, uh, have less and less expectations, uh, from our people in, in office. And there's a bigger conversation there. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll talk more about this in the third hour. Um, we might talk about it with our next guest, Diane Sari, running for Senate in New York against Chuck Schumer. Uh, that's just oh, after the break. Yes. Oh, yeah. great. As an oh, independent. Well, that's great. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, well, all power to her. I believe she was, they, they tried to shut her out of a, a debate. Yeah, they uh, shut her out of other things. Can't even buy billboards. She couldn't even buy billboard right. ads. They shut her out. She got canceled off that 
as well. I'll hear more about that on the other side. But look, we're going to break. We'll break at the top of the hour. That's all we got time for. But Basil Valentine, thank you so much thank for you, your Patrick. for your input, uh, your insight, and your wisdom uh, in these challenging times, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are really up against it as a society, not just here, but everywhere. It's a high stakes game. We'll talk more about this on the other side. I'm Patrick Henningsen. You're listening to TNT, Today's News Talk, top of the hour headlines coming up. We'll see you after that.